Hello and welcome to the Moncast. A podcast where we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem and discuss the similarities and differences that they share. My name's Stevie. And I'm Sam. The score currently stands at 1815 to Pokemon and this time we are watching episode 34, The Eighth Child Revealed and the Kangaskhan Kid. start off with administration. Okay. And as usual, we have stuff on Twitter. First of all, I was editing while I had a cold, and you sent me a picture of a cat to cheer me up, and that helped. This isn't really admon, this is things that we, we did. And then, at Homo Neurotic sent me a tweet saying, hang in there, baby, with a gif of Gatoman punching Kawagamon in the face from Adventure Try, which is pretty motivational. Yeah, you can, you can also punch... Kawaga ones if you try hard enough. If I can find any in the wild. Yeah, you could probably find them. Stuck in Japan, there'll probably be loads in Japan. It's where they're indigenous to. Yeah, okay, I got it. I didn't get it until you explained it to me and I made the joke in the first place. Then, at Lonely Distance, tweeted or saying, A day late, but happy podcast day. It's time to celebrate with new apps of at Translationmon, at the Moncast, and at Podigious, because we all posted on Saturdays. It was a busy day. So yeah, happy podcast day the day before the Saturday. If you're listening to this back in time on that day, well, happy podcast day. Just listen to this next year on podcast day. Carry on. We guested on an episode of Foster Translation Man. Yeah, it was great. It was a special thing where we talked about the first episode of Apply Man. And it was super special because none of us could understand it that well because none of us apart from may speaks a little bit of japanese and understands a little bit then i understand significantly less but still a little bit and then stevie understands what i'm assuming is zero japanese i know what konnichiwa means and kawaii you're set you're all sorted you can go live there now konnichiwa ohaya gozaimasu but yes we were on and we watched atmon and atmon came out episode one you should go and watch it i'd recommend watching it unsubtitled first because then you can take out whatever we saw it from i mean if you listen to it before we talk about it we sound like we have no idea what we're talking about that's because we did have no idea what we were talking about it's a good episode go listen to it and then go and watch the episode or vice versa it was fun to do it was really fun i had a cold though so i don't say much not that i'd say much anyway (laughs) i think we overwhelms you because you are both children the atmon toys get released tomorrow if you're listening to this on the Saturday. And only you and May care. Any more admon? No, I don't think so. We should move on, shouldn't we? We should do that, yeah. If you do want to message us, you can via our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, with the world thread, and email, which are all linked in the show notes. Please do that, because then we can have a conversation. It's lonely here on the internet. Hi, Stevie here, just recording a bit extra for administration, because I kind of forgot to mention this, which I suppose is quite fortunate because we wouldn't want Sam the Wolfman hater hearing these messages. Because we got some tweets from Jules from the Digital Moncast explaining why the Wolfmen are such a big deal for their podcast. And they explain, basically a decent amount of Jules' friends are furries, and when recording, they tweeted out asking for Wolfmen opinions. And what they got in response was lewd and crude enough to derail the show. So that's why Jules has a thing about Wolfmen or why the podcast itself was just being derailed by Wolfmen. And now our podcast has been derailed by Wolfmen, which is fantastic. It's exactly what I wanted to make my podcast for, just in the hope that one day I'd get to talk about Wolfmen. But anyway, I think I've made my opinion of Wolfmen perfectly clear before. 
I think they're great. Sam does not. You should all send angry tweets at Sam about him hating Wolfmen. Anyway, I just wanted to add that on because I felt guilty for forgetting about it. But I've covered it here now, at the end, and I've done it on my new microphone which has arrived now, so this was a perfect way to test it. Let me know if this is better than the rest of the audio quality, I guess. I hope it is, because I've spent money on this. <laughs> I certainly think it's a lot better, and I hope you listeners agree. Anyway, that's it. Back to the show. The first episode we are watching this time is The Eighth Child Revealed. The moment we've all been waiting for finally arrives, and it's revealed that the eighth child is actually Kari. But she can't actually start Digi Destiny yet, as Wizardmon decides to give Ty the Digi device to keep her safe. He and Gatamon set off to get the crest, which Myotismon keeps in his dungeon bedroom underground base thing. Unfortunately, when they go to take it, Myotismon appears and destroys the original crest, which makes no sense. He also throws Wizardmon into a river and steals Gatamon, completely missing yet another great moment to murder a child. Kept it short this time. Very short. You basically skip the entire first half of the episode because nothing important happens in it. It's just exposition. So many flashbacks. Like, even up until the moment they're trying to deny that Kari is the eighth child, because Joe calls Ty and says, oh, it was none of the kids in the book. And then it's like, oh, it's got to be someone. We don't know who it could be. It's like, we, we still know it's Kari. It's just right there. Just right there. Talking about Digimon. And then Gatomon stood opposite stalking Kari. And then she's complaining about Miko being a well-kept cat. And I can't help but feel there's a, a hint of jealousy in her voice. Yeah, because don't you know that she was abused by Myotis Man when she was wandering around? Yeah, but who's she talking to when she says this? She goes off on this massive tangent about her backstory and she's talking to herself i mean who does this but there's a point where she looks exactly at the camera and i'm like is she talking to me why are you dumping all this exposition onto a building she's just stood there on the roof going i've had a very abused life i have i went and worked with my otisman who didn't like my eyes for some reason he's so focused on her eyes and i don't know why i don't like your eyes so i'm going to beat you should we just give up on following the plot and just ramble? There's like three things happen. Wizardmon appears, Kari gets a device, the crest gets destroyed. Everything else is in between. Doesn't really matter. Does the crest get destroyed? I thought he just pocketed it for later. He crushes it. He does? It explodes into bits. Fantastic. Wizardmon appears and for some reason they're talking to each other. That's fine. And Wizardmon has found the device. They've spent so long looking for it, and Wizardmon can just float along, and oh, there it is, I've got it. And then Demi Devimon turns up a minute later. <laughs> and he distracts him with a bottle of hot sauce. It's probably alcohol. It's definitely alcohol, but they've dubbed it into hot sauce or something like that. So Demi Devimon's off to find somewhere that has food so he can dump hot sauce on it. Just like Wizardmon dumps hot exposition onto stuff. So we see Wizardmon's backstory. They both know their backstory. In this case, Gatamon has forgotten how they met. But how? How has she forgotten? I don't know. She's forgotten lots of things <laughs> for no reason. She had her memories abused out of her. Wizardmon as a device is so clunky. He turns up, tells us about their backstory. He just basically picks up Kari and Gatamon and like, now be digidestined. Do the thing. It just flies over so nonchalantly. They've waited so many episodes for this. There's no big reveal and there's no, oh, it's finally revealed. Oh, it's an amazing thing. No, it's it's Wizardmon's like, oh, hey, I'm here now. Yeah, you, you two are the eighth ones. There you go. I was expecting a big grand reveal and it to be a big tense moment, but it's not. This guy is just literally floats over and just goes, here you go, that's yours. 
and then the cat's there, and he's like, and the cat's also yours. I wasn't excited to find out Kari's the eighth child. I was relieved. I was like, oh, thank God. We could stop doing this now. But then Kari says that Mayotis one's looking for her and the eighth child, even though Wizards one's just told her that she's the eighth child. And then Agumon gets tired of this plot happening and tries to murder Kari. Just straight up pepper breaths her. It's not even at an angle or anything. It's just straight at her. And then Kari gets pushed out the way. And it's like, oh, why have they done this? Oh, so that Gatomon can get hurt because suffering is their thing. So that happens. And then I notice when there's a shot of them all talking that Gatomon is about a foot tall. Yeah, Gatomon's about a cat tall. I thought she was bigger. And then Wizardmon decides that even though he's just united the eighth child and Digidestin, that they can't actually eighth child or Digidestin yet. So he gives Ty the Digivice. And then Gatamon and Wizardmon set off to steal the crest. Already, Gatamon has lost her sultry voice. But they steal the crest from under the coffin, and Mayotismon appears and breaks it because apparently he's got the original and it doesn't make sense. But apparently that's the thing now. Her original crest has been destroyed. The end. They lose. Maybe he pretended to break the crest. I don't get why he couldn't have just destroyed the crest in the first place and then she wouldn't have been able to evolve. I have no idea. He has so many opportunities to do things his arc. Like, he could have killed Ty because he managed to defeat Metal Greymon. Also, Metal Greymon appears, by the way, folks, and then Hey Digimon plays and all the tension that wasn't there anyway is now lost. Hey Digimon just turns up to make it even worse. There's one attack by Metal Greymon and then it goes back to Ogumon and it's like, oh okay that happened and then myotismon throws wizardmon in the river with bats and do you remember in the forget about it episode when i said how patamon was being dropped and could have just flown away wizardmon could do the same thing wizardmon literally floats so why would he fall into the river i don't know but for some reason it is the worst thing ever Gatamon's just like, no, anything but that. Anything but getting mildly soaked. I think she's forgotten that Wizardmon isn't a cat like her. And then Motismon steals Gatamon, and then the episode ends. And I was like, oh, is that it? Here's the thing, though. I, I kind of like this episode. I mean, it's got the clunky exposition, but... Good joke. Hilarious. I'm not joking. Like, honestly, it has a pace to it, and it's got stuff happening. The pace is backwards. <laughs> I think I like it because it happened really quickly. Nothing happened! Most of this episode is just Gatomon reminiscing, even though she's supposedly forgotten all of her memories. I think I was expecting something to happen, and then nothing happened, and then the episode ended. The eighth child was revealed in the most anticlimactic way possible. It was just to push the two together. There you go. (laughs) Well done. And now we talk about the rest of the things that are super dumb in more detail. Go ahead. (laughs) Which is basically everything about Ketamon's backstory. (laughs) So many flashbacks. She explains it to thin air the entire time. And then Wizardmon comes along and he explains his backstory to her, even though it's the backstory about how he met her. And also when they met, she was a Gatomon. But when she met Myotismon, she was still a Salomon. So the continuity's wrong, unless Myotismon had sent her out on an errand run and she happened to stumble across Wizardmon and look after him for several days. That makes sense, actually. As in, it doesn't make sense, which is why it makes sense. What you're saying makes sense, because it doesn't make sense. Also, Myotismon apparently hurts Gatomon because he can tell from her eyes that she's going to betray him. But he started hurting her before she even worked for him. This is the second episode in a row where they're like, here's some things that have happened. You now feel sad about these things. This is the moment where Gatomon just pulls off a glove and goes, this is the scar that Myotismon gave me because of my eyes. 
Why? Any more notes? There's really nothing to talk about in this episode. What about how awful the entire conversation is when she just suddenly decides, I'm going to be all about dreams and I can live my dream and all I have to do is defeat you. Oh, I look into your eyes and I see defiance and a little bit of hope. (laughs) Why is he psychoanalyzing Gatamon from her eyes? Because he thinks he's the best person in the world. I don't know. He's so obsessed with her eyes. It's so weird. He could have murdered Ty. I'm so salty that he could have just murdered a child right now. Ty is their strongest team member. He could have killed Gatomon. He knows that Gatomon is Kari's Digimon. So if he kills Gatomon, then Kari has no Digimon anymore. He doesn't need the child anymore. He has the Digimon. Honestly, if he just killed Ty, because Ty is like their strongest team member or at least the one who keeps the team together he beat metal greymon there is no other digimon around apart from gatomon who's like nothing to him he could have just picked up ty and killed him it would have taken him seconds but no he's gonna leave them dramatically with the with the cat if he killed anyone besides his own henchmen he'd win they're not worthy of him so he has to kill them so much of the dialogue in this is so bad as well. When Wizardmon's telling Gatomon that the eighth child is in her heart, long forgotten. It's just so bad. It's all so bad. <laughs> this episode is one of those episodes that it's not even so bad it's good, it's just bad. It was a short episode. Probably like 18 minutes, and then songs as well at the start and end. It just felt really short. It's because it was really empty. There was just a whole lot of flashbacks that we didn't care about. There was just like, hey, these are the two guys we've been looking for. And now we're going to split them up. Six episodes of build-up. And then it's literally just, it's basically pushed under the rug. It's like, yeah, she's a child. Go, go, go. Next bit. The one good thing from this episode is the Bakemon. Do you remember the Bakemon? The single Bakemon? He's the best guard ever. Why is he the best guard ever? Because he has the worst, most unenthused voice acting ever. It's hilarious. I loved him. Is it because the rest of the episode, by comparison, was bad? Yes, that is part of it. <laughs> okay, I think we've talked about it enough. It's so bad. It's so bad, that's all I can say. It's awful. But Bakemon is amazing. Like, he gets hit in the face with an attack, and that makes him forget everything. Then he's just like, oh, okay, you guys are in charge now. Just like, wait, leave the key! It's like, alright, okay, here's the key. I could be a voice actor. I could be that Bakemon. What was your favourite thing? Bakemon's voice acting. That was your favourite thing? Yes. Okay. It is just me talking about this episode. <laughs> just, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> exposition. It, it was basically a bad payoff for the eighth child and then mostly exposition. It's the worst episode of Digimon we've had so far. I can't think of what would be a worse episode than this. This was worse than last episode because it wasn't even funny. It was just exposition okay my favorite thing was miko because it's a cat and cats are great and everything else in the episode is kind of trash this episode is trash overall thoughts this episode is the worst is that it is that is that, is that your feedback how can i elaborate on that this episode is the worst <laughs> you could do this honestly it it felt short it felt like half an episode I kind of enjoyed it for some reason, and I don't know why. I think it was because... I think the pacing was kind of okay in this episode, which made it go a lot quicker, but also I feel like the episode itself was quite short. I I thought we were about halfway through when the episode ended. There's a fair bit of backstory, which we didn't really need, but it it felt like it was structured okay. It, It had clunky lines, but... It was all clunky lines. There was no conversation that felt real. It just... 
it went quite quick for me watching it. It went by quickly because it was just, we need to get this done. I don't care if it doesn't make sense that she's talking to herself on a building, but we're going to do it because they need to know these things. I didn't enjoy this episode at all. It's okay, we can talk about the next episode now. The second episode we're watching is The Kangaskhan Kid. Ash and Co arrive in the Safari Zone for real this time, except it's still not the Safari Zone, even though everyone keeps calling it that. They find Team Rocket poaching a herd of Kangaskhan, but the herd is saved by Tomo, a feral child that is one of the Kangaskhan. Immediately after, the kid's parents arrive, not convenient at all, and try to get their son to return to them five years after they've dropped him out of their helicopter. Not even joking. Tomo is called back to save the Kangaskhan from Team Rocket again, this time with Ash and Co's help, because we need to see all the starter Pokemon. Team Rocket blast off again, again, leaving behind Tomo's parents, who unfortunately don't die in the carnage, and instead decide to live with Tomo and his Kangaskhan family. Did you like anything about this episode? I actually have never been so angry before than watching this episode. I'm not even joking, there are many swear words in my notes. That's a lot of capital letters. I had to pause the episode at one point and then go and have a breather because it makes me so angry. Why does it make you so angry, Sam? Because the guy who introduces himself as Tommy's father is just an absolute He is a despicable human being. He's misogynist, maybe. He blames his wife for the problems that he so blatantly did. She's the only one who seems concerned that the child is missing. He hits his child in the head because that'll solve the issues. He's an awful, awful person. Doesn't seem to actually want to try and find that child whatsoever. And that's just the dad. There's the rest of this episode as well. Shall we start from the beginning? Yes. They think they've got to the safari zone. They haven't got to the safari zone. Ash sees a chancy, gets ready to throw a pokeball, gets a gun aimed at his head by Officer Jenny, who's clearly baiting him, pretending to be a chancy. She takes Ash and Co. in for poaching, even though Ash is the only one who tries to throw a pokeball, and he hasn't actually tried to throw a pokeball yet. So he hasn't actually committed a crime yet, nor has Brock or Misty. And the thing that goes through my head is, surely there's a sign or something or a fence that stops people from just wandering in? Ash and Co. can't read. But there must be something that says, warning you're entering a Pokemon reserve. These Pokemon cannot be protect- uh, caught there to be protected and, and, and maintained. No, there's nothing there. Also, a Pokemon trainer's essentially job is to catch them all. So why have a place where you can't catch any of them and have it completely open? Jenny was clearly baiting to get some people arrested. And then she says, you look so innocent, so I'll let you off. I'm like, that's not how the legal system works. How it works is you claim ignorance and then you get let off. From a crime you haven't actually committed yet. And then it cuts to Team Rocket and they're like the best bit of this episode, really. But they're doing the motto and I'm like, who are they doing the motto to? It's either to themselves or to the audience. And I feel like Team Rocket would do it to the audience because they know there's the audience because they've broken the fourth before. No, I think they're doing it as sort of a motivational thing for themselves before they try and catch all these Kangaskhan. So they fire a bazooka and then the Kangaskhan start stampeding and Jenny says that they should run away because they're going to stampede. And she sits there for a good 20 seconds before she starts to move out the way. Also, she's the only Pokemon Ranger for this entire zone. Why not have more than one Officer Jenny? She's not a Pokemon Ranger. She's a Safari Ranger for this Safari Zone. That isn't a Safari Zone, but it keeps getting called the Safari Zone. And then she reverses away from the Kangaskhan. They get caught in a net. And then Ash says we should stop them. 
And then Jenny says something along the lines of, it's no good, I've overheated the engine. So Team Rocket, who are in visual range of them, are stealing Kangaskhan. And she's like, we can't do anything. The car's overheated. It's like, we well, could just walk to them. Send your Pokemon out. They can go over there if you really don't want to walk that far to protect these Pokemon. You were willing to shoot a child with a gun. But the second actual poachers actually poaching turn up, she's like, it's so far. It's so hard. The car's overheating. <laughs> that's the best impression. Do your job, Officer Jenny, if that's your real name. It's a Chansey in an Officer Jenny costume. So then Jesse gets hit in the face with a Pokeball. That's kind of funny. That's a good bit. That made me laugh a bit because seeing Jesse, like in one episode, she gets, she gets launched into a rock. She's been set on fire. She's now had a Pokeball thrown at her. She's getting abused slowly and, and kudos for her for toughing it out. And then this child uses his boomerang to break open the rope. A boomerang isn't sharp. It's a solid object. That's what does the damage. It doesn't cut. If a child with a, a boomerang can cut the net, surely a Kangaskhan or a herd of them can also cut the ropes. But no, the child can do it. And then he gets into the pouch of the biggest Kangaskhan. They run away. It's great. Who is this mysterious child? Then a helicopter conveniently lands and this potato with a face gets out. And my first note about him is, okay, this tiny guy's the most avo- annoying voice. And he also introduces himself as, I'm Tommy's father. Okay, that's great, but who, we don't know who Tommy is. So, it's... And then it has a flashback of them flying over the Safari Zone. And he just dangles his child, Michael Jackson style, out of a window. The child can see already. Putting him one foot out of the open window isn't going to help him see. But no, he dangles the child out of the window. And then he drops the child and he's still smiling. It's like, it's okay. It's really not okay. Your child has fallen. But then it's got a, a parachute. That's okay. That's fine. And they land and the parachute's empty. And the, the dad's just like, yeah, it's okay. We'll look for him. I don't think they looked for him because it's been five years. It's been five years and they've only just come back in a helicopter. But the worst thing he does, it really bothers me. He turns to his wife, who hasn't even been introduced because why should she deserve a name or anything? And says, this wouldn't have happened if you were holding him. And I'm like, don't blame her. It's not her fault. I'm pretty sure if she was holding him, she wouldn't have dangled him out the window. In some ways, I think his wife is even worse than him because she stays faithful to the man that dropped her child out of the helicopter window for five years. I think she just wants to find the child again. I'm pretty sure she's slowly been poisoning that guy's tea over years. I would not want to stay with the guy that dropped my child out of a helicopter window. No, but they, he just doesn't seem concerned. She seems concerned for this child. And they said they've spent five years looking for him. In all the wrong places, apparently. <laughs> I think to look in the vicinity of the parachute. I'm pretty sure if they can afford a helicopter, they can afford to hire maybe like three people to go and look in the safari zone, which is not the biggest place in the world. And then Ash and Co are crying because it's really sad. I'm like, it's not sad. You're a d- You threw your baby out of a window. <laughs> Realised, oh, maybe it's dead. Let's go see if it's dead. Oh, no it's missing let's go see if it's dead somewhere else and then jenny's like oh you mean this guy he's been here for so long like we have his address and everything i'm like so at no point have you gone and spoken to the authorities if you've just gone we lost our child in the safari zone they've already gone oh this is him we found him it's okay we'll get him back no we'll just keep going around in the helicopter this is what we do this is fun also officer jenny if you'd seen a child in the kangaskhan's possession I would have been like, does this child have parents? We should find out. We should see what's happening right now. No, she's like, oh, it's okay. It's just a child that's been left in the safari zone. I don't care. No one in this episode gives a 
about anything. The gang are here looking at these awful human beings in this awful place. This is like what Pokemon is supposed to be. This is the antithesis of. It's a place where you can't catch any Pokemon. Kids of the future and they're already cool and they're learning new things. No, kids are just being dumped out of windows by adults who think they know better. This episode went from okay to awful and like the gang should just leave. I'm so done with this episode. It didn't even start strongly. Yeah, even then it was just like, oh, they're in the forest again. It's the survival zone, but it's not. We did that last episode, but whatever. We just started off with Ash badly animated talking about catching something and then being interrupted by Philoplot and dragged away. They're not even actually dragged away by the Philoplot. They offer constantly to go and join in with the Philoplots. Please, let us help. It's not like we've got things to do. Hold on to your Pokeballs, kids, because this episode gets worse. The gang offer to help find the kids, but what they end up doing is they end up carrying the man and the woman in a weird wooden thing because apparently they can't be asked to walk to find their own child that's been missing for five years and then brock decides that he should get in on all this torture and finds a small injured child and sprays it in the face and it screams and it's like it's okay you'll feel better i'm like no it's clearly screaming in pain here like this baby kangaskhan that's been abandoned for no reason there's no reason why it's there it's just oh this one's hurt sprayed in the face it's probably the one that was replaced by Tommy. Maybe. I mean, like, we've also just seen a Pokemon being abandoned and hurt. And I'm like, no, don't have this. This feels like such a... It's, it's, this is like a fever dream of an episode. It's the most ridiculous plot line. And it gets worse. Like, they're looking for this kid. They happen upon a Kangaskhan baby. They spray it in the face and it screams. And then the kid turns up. So they've really not tried. They found him in five minutes. And then the kid talks about how his parents is a Kangaskhan. And it cuts to the Kangaskhan singing. And the singing is an actual nightmare. This isn't soothing. This is nightmare fuel. Everything about this episode feels wrong. And then the guy just hits the child over the back of the head with a log. Because you've lost a child for five years. He's an eight-year-old now. You've just seen him. You want to leave a good impression. He's had, he spent more time away from you than with you. So what do you do? You hit him around the head with a stick. And he's like, we can just take him home and sort him out there. And then he takes his shirt off for some reason. Why does he do this? Because he gets like a vague memory of his mother from being hit around the back of the head, which doesn't work. That's not a thing that will happen. And then the, 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 the dad's just like, oh yeah, remember me as well? Look at me without my shirt on for some reason. And it's like, oh, what is this? Oh no, maybe you did horrible things to him. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, can we not insinuate that, please? It's too late. Robo Kangaskhan appears, which is great. Team Rocket need to redo the, the bit of plot that they've done already again, but this time with a giant robot Kangaskhan, which they just found somewhere. I call it the Kangaskhan mobile. I like to think that they went and made it in the time that they got blasted off, which makes me really happy. So they go and try and fight Team Rocket by using all of the starters because they haven't been out in a while. And I feel like Pikachu gets characterization and the Pokemon who get characterization are the ones that get abandoned, like Primeape and Butterfree. All the, all the ones he keeps, which are the starters, just have zero personality whatsoever. They're just thrown out to be like, remember this one, kids? He's still got it. This is the recognisable one. Tommy slash Tomo ends up knocking the gas because apparently the gas tank on this Kangaskhan is somewhere visible and it's not like wired to the car or whatever. And then Charmander sets it on fire and the Kangaskhan burns, but then also it's okay, so they keep driving forward still. And then Tommy's parents appear in the helicopter and they drive it right into the side of this thing and I'm not gonna lie my note says it explodes with the collision in with the helicopter and I hope the tiny man died I'm not ashamed I, I hope the tiny man died I was honestly glad that his parents had been killed the episode wants us to be sad but I, I'm glad they died I really want them to die except they weren't killed unfortunately <laughs> They were both idiots. They're just awful, awful people. They were not suitable to be parents, or to just be people in society. 
And then they decide that they're going to go and live with the Kangaskhan, you know, throw off that ecosystem. Yeah, they got changed in that burning wreckage. But, you know, they can just decide to be part of this group of wild animals because that's a thing. And then the gang walk away into the sunset. This episode is pure filler. It's pure garbage. The man is probably the worst thing we've ever seen in any of these shows so far. AJ is a saint compared to this guy. I would quite happily watch that episode again and sing AJ's praises. At least he's showing something towards his Pokemon. I think AJ actually cares more about his Pokemon than his man cares about his child. Probably. Well, that's not hard. Do you know what this episode is? What? It's their attempt to not bother writing a plot and instead just take Tarzan's. True. This happens a lot, though. This is basically Tarzan, except they ruined it. This is a thing that happens in in some monster shows. They do it in Digimon in season five, but they do it in a good way. Like the reunion when that person meets their parents again is really sad and stuff and, and kind of tragic. It shows that they cared about him, but in this, they just don't care. At no point does the guy get concerned that his child's gone missing or, or it could have been eaten by a Pokemon or could just be dead in a ditch somewhere. He was three years old when he got abandoned. The woman's a bit upset sometimes. She's like, oh no, he's forgotten us. But then all the tension's been removed by Jendis being like, oh, me, Tomo? Yeah, he's here. We've got his address and everything. And then they find him and they're like, you're our child and you're coming back with us. That's what's happening now. This whole episode is the worst thing as well. This is actually my least favourite episode we've had so far from any of the shows. It is just a bad episode of anything if we were going to do a rating or anything this is the lowest one what this is minus five out of five if i could take points off i would do it i hate this episode i hate this episode and i hate that man what was your favorite thing about this episode i'm gonna say tommy or tomo whatever you want to call him why he was the only thing that really made me smile at all he was kind of cool he looks like a character from a show i used to watch flint the time detector i think it's a good show i remember this i might watch this later because it'll be better than what we've just watched, and I'm really upset by what we've just watched. But yes, so your favourite thing was, was Tomo. My favourite thing was when the helicopter collided with the Kangaskhan robot and exploded, because I thought the guy was dead. I was relieved in that moment. Yeah, I was really happy for that bit, because I thought the guy was dead. Tommy's there crying, and we were probably both just thinking, you better off without them, Tommy. You should be happy. <laughs> I was really happy, because I thought the guy was dead. I'm dead on the inside now. <laughs> we both just wished death on these characters. The mum's not too bad. I mean, she still cares, but she's clearly dead inside because of this guy that she's chosen to spend her life with. Even though he lost the child. And then assaulted the child the first time he saw it. Overall thoughts? This episode made me so mad. Specifically the guy. Like, why was it written? Who is this for? Like, this is just the most filler of filler episodes. Nothing happened in this episode. I hated this episode. I'm glad it's over. I mean, the guy, was it? Was he written for a comedy character? Was he funny? He wasn't funny. It's supposed to be the grandpa from Tarzan, and the woman is supposed to be Jane from Tarzan. Really? Even in the designs, they are similar. Tarzan came out later, but I don't care. They are very similar. But also, Jane is his granddaughter or daughter, and in this, they are a couple. This is why it's such a weird relationship, because he looks like he should be her father. <laughs> also, they call each other Mama and Papa. Yeah, because they haven't got actual names. It's so weird. <laughs> I hate this episode, Stevie. I hate it so much. Yeah, I hate it as well. For once, all the problems with the episode had nothing to do with Ash, though. It's a song called Die in a Fire, and that is what I wish upon this man. He dropped the child out of a helicopter. He's going to blame his wife because it's her fault. Then they go down and they see that he's not there. And he's like, well, look for him. But they don't look for him. The second they get a chance to look for him for some reason, the answer's all in front of them. 
oh, he lives right here because he's the person who lives here. Maybe if you'd gone and asked soon, you would have found him sooner, but they didn't. So then they go and look for him, but they don't actually go look for him. They just have to sit down because they have to have people carry them. And then they find him and then they assault him. And then they decide to try and be brave and kill themselves, which is a bit of an overreaction to a, a metal Kangaskhan. But you know what? I wish they'd died in that fire. I'm never going to watch this episode again. I'm done with this episode. Okay, let's move on and see which of these episodes we hate more. Now it's time for Mono Way Mono, where we talk about the similarities and differences in these episodes. So let's start with our Monsters of the Week. Is yours the old man by any chance? Yeah. I didn't see that coming. He's a monster and he's gross, and it's the worst thing I've ever come across in any of these shows. He is awful. He's just awful. He is an actual monster. And my monster of the week is Bakemon. Good. I liked Bakemon. It's cool. It's a cool ghost. Actually, I changed my mind. It's Kangaskhan, because Kangaskhan are cool. Actually, I like Kangaskhan. They're really weird when you think about them, because Pokemon breed and lay eggs, and then the eggs hatch into fully formed Kangaskhan. So, do eggs hatch into Kangaskhan that have little baby Kangaskhan that never grow up in them? Yes. That's really weird. Unless you Mega Evolve them, because Mega Kangaskhan is just Kangaskhan with the baby out of its pouch. Yeah, but it's a bigger baby. It's pretty cool, though. They're pretty cool. Its ability is cool as well, because it can attack twice. Yeah, the whole idea of parents raising the young is weird in Pokemon, because that's not how breeding works. In the Pokemon world. Pokemon doesn't understand how breeding works. Which episode do you think had the best storyline? Digimon. 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 I just said that they both suck. Nope, Digimon was better. And I will fight you for this. I honestly don't care. They both suck so much that I'll let you decide that Digimon's better. Were there any similarities between these episodes? No, nothing. I'm not comparing Digimon to the stealing pile of Noom Sludge. Pokemon is awful. I've got that. They both sucked. That's subjective, though. No, they, they both sucked. I think everyone can agree that they both sucked. There were flashbacks. Oh, yeah, there were flashbacks. I guess you could say there were characters that were lost, finally reuniting with whoever, or meeting whoever they're supposed to meet. There was flashbacks and reunions. Yeah, flashbacks and meetings for the first time in forever. Which episode did you enjoy or prefer the most? Digimon Pokemon Go Suck an Egg. The real question this week is, which did you despise least? Digimon, by far. I hated both the episodes pretty equally. Okay, but I, I hate Digimon this, uh, Pokemon this week. Which I think means that Digimon gets the point. I couldn't give Pokemon this point. You should go and watch this episode and just look at the guy. No! Why is it whenever we watch an awful episode, you're like, you should go watch this episode. And whenever we watch a really good episode, you never recommend it. I feel like I sound really sad in this episode, and I am really sad. I watched these today before we recorded. I watched these today as well, and throughout both of the episodes, I was just there going, oh my god, this is so bad. The thing is, like, I watched Digimon technically this morning when I got in from work. I decided which one I wanted to watch, and I said, you know, I'll watch, I'll watch Pokemon later. I can probably pop it in when I wake up and I uh, have a coffee, and I sat and watched it. I didn't even drink any of my coffee. I had to go and do a thing in town, and the entire time I was there, I was just like, I was just so done. I'm so upset. Like, this episode's so bad, and I feel like people need to watch this. This is the worst episode. If you want to watch the worst episodes of Pokemon or Digimon, episode 34 is the place to go right now. <laughs> So that makes the score 18-16 to Pokemon. Unless you take away the 1,000 points I'm taking away from Pokemon for this awful character. That makes it minus 9,982 to 16. Did you just do that in your head? Wow. We can't just deduct 1,000, unfortunately. No, we're not going to do that. Even though this episode was really bad. Both episodes are horrible. No, Digimon was kind of okay because it happened quickly. It was awful. It was bit boring. It's awful, but it's still good in comparison to Pokemon's. Yes, it is. These episodes. 
Join us again next time when we'll be watching episode 35 and praying that they're good episodes. Flower Power and the Bridge Bite Gang with a short discussion about a band episode, The Legend of Dratini. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitcher where we like getting reviews and comments. And you can message us via our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, with the War Thread and email, which are all linked to the show notes. Let us know if you hate these episodes as much as we do. Bye. Bye. Butterfree. Primate. <laughs> Some soul and dignity. I hope you die in a fire. Hope you'll be stabbed in the heart. Hope you'll be shot and expire. Hope you'll be taken apart Hope this is what you desire My name's Stevie And I'm Sam I almost forgot my name then um, I just looked on the Slack because there's some new Pokemon um, Sun and Moon. No, news. we're halfway through the intro. Stop. Okay, okay, okay. I just you took me by surprise with this opening. Yeah, okay, watch. Wait, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna like get it. Off of that, man. Wait. Never <laughs> uh, work with children or animals. Gonna hate me so much now, but it's great. Listen to this. Listen, listen. Wait. It's so good. I love this thing. She's just stood there on the roof going, Oh, I've never had a good life. I've been abused all the time. And I don't know why this is Gatamon's voice now, but she's terribly <laughs> colonial. I've had a very abused life, I have. I went and worked with my Otismon, who didn't like my eyes. The second episode we're watching is The Kangaskhan Kid. The Kangaskhan Kid? The Kangaskhan Kid, yeah. Skon. Kangaskhan. Skon. Kangaskhan Kid. Kangaskhan. Kangaskhan. Can, 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 kid. The second episode we're watching is Stevie's being pedantic. I didn't watch that episode. Should I go watch it now? The second episode we're watching is the Kangaskhan kid. That's better. Sounds weird. I say Kangaskhan. That's... No, you said Kangaskhan, which is a mixture between a kangaroo and a scon. <laughs> That's a Pokemon. The second episode we're watching is the Kangaskhan kid. That'll do. That'll do nicely. I've just realised my hair is actually the same colour as Jessie's hair. That makes me happy. Nice.